0: Whether we're talking about the fear of failure or anything else holding you back, confidence is the key to unleashing your power. Welcome to Confident with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. The world needs confident, inclusive leaders who embrace diversity to rise up. The time is now. Join us. Welcome to Episode 7,
1: Dream with
0: Ambition. So Liv, I'm so excited to talk yeah. about the election of the first woman, first woman of color, first daughter of immigrants to the second highest office in the United States, Kamala Harris to vice president.
1: And obviously all vice presidents before have been white men. And this is the highest position in our country that a woman has held um, for the entire history of our country. And I just, I love it when that glass
0: shatters. I can I can hear that. Yeah. I can hear that glass shattering now. And so as a young woman, Liv, can you just talk about what this means to you? I mean, obviously
1: it's incredible because she is the first and everything, but more on a personal note, like it is, it kind of gives me a path to like, you know, any career, you know, it could be like, I can ask myself, like, maybe I can be president, you know, it's just,
0: importance of representation. I would definitely vote for you, Olivia West. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And you can't be what you can't see. And that's exactly. why it is so important to have uh, role yeah. models like Kamala Harris. So, in speaking of another role model and person we admire, let's introduce today's guest.
1: Yeah. We're so excited to have Alana Rea, who's the founder and CEO of Etray Girls and author of Etray Girl, Who Do You Want to Be? Alana contributes to HuffPost, Elevate, Miss Magazine, and Thrive Global, and was named a mogul influencer in 2017. She has appeared in the HuffPost Talk to Me video series, participated in the 2018 Balance Project interviews, and the 2019 Hashtag Woman Who Rock campaign. Welcome to Confident,
0: Alana.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So Alana, we first met Uh, over a year ago when you actually published your first book on the International Day of the Girl. And it's been such a privilege to kind of just watch you continue uh, your your path and your work influencing girls. And it's just such an incredible story. I can't wait to get into it. Can you start by talking about your journey from lawyer to founder?
2: Absolutely. And I can't believe it's been a year already since we did that because that was so much fun and the girls that I met at your event were just so fantastic. So, um, so happy, you know, one year anniversary to all of us.
1: Yeah. Well, we've, uh, been
2: in, we've been in a COVID time war,
1: wow, so.
2: so I'm actually uh, in a weird limbo. <laughs> I know, we, we're, we should definitely talk about how girls are handling that and what they can do. Um, my journey was, you know, I never could have predicted it, but it was all just so full of joy and so exciting. Um, I knew from really early on, I wanted to be a lawyer. And when you talk about mentorship, a lot of that was because my grandmother was a lawyer. And you know, so here was this woman who graduated Brooklyn Law in 1936. And she was you know one of maybe three women in her class. And I used to watch her and hear her speak and watch her go to court. So I went straight from college to law school. I practiced corporate law in New York at a huge firm. And I was just the happiest lawyer. I loved it. And I never thought I would do anything else But interestingly enough, when I retired um, in 2014, I had had such amazing mentors throughout my entire career, and a lot of them had been women. And there was a big part of me that wanted to pay that forward, um, not just in gratitude for what they had given me, but in anticipation of all the young women that I saw coming up behind me. And I wanted to do something for girls in particular with mentorship. So when I started ETRA in 2016, I meant it initially just as a resource site for younger girls, but in large part it was forged because of the women who came before me who made me want to be a lawyer and then the women I saw practicing law.
0: I love that. And and by the way, your grandma is certainly smiling down upon you now as she sees you blazing a path, not only for yourself, but for all the girls following you. Incredible.
1: You made
2: my day, I truly hope so.
0: (laughs) It's so cool that you founded your
1: own organization and that you went through this journey. So could you talk to us a little bit about founding X-Ray Girls?
2: Yes, Um, I will tell you, I had no idea what I was doing. And I will say to anyone who's listening, if I can do it, anyone can do it because I felt like I was learning everything for the first time and there was a lot of fun to be had in that. Um, When I first started it, what I wanted to do was put up a free resource site For girls as early as middle school just to find some really reliable curated resources to help them stay true to what they loved in the beginning it was simply i was seeing data that showed you know a confidence gap beginning in middle school and i thought you know if girls were just encouraged to stay with what they love if they love chess and everyone else is going out for volleyball let's put up some some great free chess resources where girls can stay with what they love and, and pursue it and see what happens. And I had so many friends who had these amazing jobs, you know, women who were CEOs and surgeons and designers and news anchors. And I was getting quotes from each of them. And I truly thought that's all it was gonna be. I called it Etra because in French, it means to be. And I love the idea of asking girls who they wanted to be. And so in the very beginning, I built a really easy drag and drop website. I used Weebly. Um, I did not know how to code. The website you see now is very different from what we first put up. But it was just almost a bulletin board of 10 different pages with curated resources on each page. And then it began sort of as word of mouth. I started reaching out to women that I knew, saying, hey, I just did this, I'd love your feedback, good or bad, and if you know anyone who might want to highlight a resource or offer an inspirational quote, let me know. And then the second part of that was I started reaching out to women I didn't know. And I sort of got brave and said, okay, every day I'm gonna send a cold email to someone I don't know, saying exactly the same thing. And one of the emails I sent was to Ariana Huffington and she wrote back. And you know we were only six weeks old and she said, I love what you're doing. I want you to write for Huffington Post. I want you to do a video with your girls. And it really took off from there. I think that was when I first started writing for HuffPost, when I first was able to build out the website and form a board of girls. And, you know, I have an advisory board. In the beginning, it was 10 girls. Now we're, you know, almost 100 girls and the board grows every day. But I think I started with something where I thought I would just be pushing out resources and it grew pretty quickly into something where girls were offering their own feedback. Women were writing in with Quotes and resources that we could use, and the ability to publish and put our views out there on topical ideas once a month was huge. That was really how it started.
0: A, first of all, I have so, so many thoughts. <laughs> first of all, I love that you mentioned chess because I just finished binging The Queen's Gambit, and I'm obsessed. It's and incredible. I want to learn how to. I now want to learn how to play chess. But also, I love that you told the story about reaching out to Arianna Huffington. And I really think that underscores an important lesson for the young women listening, which is, you know, sometimes you just need to raise your hand and ask for what you want.
2: Yes. Um, and,
0: and I love that. And, and then, Thirdly, it leads into my next question about the importance of role models. I believe the the, the immediate meteoric success of Etra girls is because girls are so hungry for role models. Yeah. Um, so can you talk about that and your experience about you know the importance of diverse role models and different careers and, and role models that look like you know the girls, the, um, girls of color and in every different shape and form? because I think that's something that Etra does so well. It gives girls access to role models.
2: Oh, thank you, It um, it's a great question. And it really is what ETRA has, that it became the heart of what ETRA does. We moved from simply quotes and and you know interviews that we were publishing to face-to-face meetings. And the idea came from one of the girls. One of our board members simply asked, we're interviewing all these women and it's great, but I wanna meet them. And I started reaching out to women at companies saying, could I bring 10 girls? We'll stay one hour. We only wanna meet women and can they just see what it's like to work where you work and spotify hosted our first one and they you know let us tour every single place we were in studios and on stages and in boardrooms and it really hit home exactly what you're saying the importance of standing in a room and seeing a woman first of all who looks like you you know so a girl of color seeing a woman of color running the boardroom running her team a team that might include mostly men and she's running the show. And then also girls seeing women who don't look like them, you know, women, you know, trans women, women of different physical abilities, women of different ages, seeing a wide swath of female leadership and being able to identify with all of it and to be able to say, boy, she doesn't look anything like anyone I know, but she just said she was scared to raise her hand when she was in seventh grade. And I'm scared to raise my hand too. And now she works at YouTube and I'm standing in her office and this is unbelievable. Having access to role models, whether they are on the page in a book or on a website, or if you're so lucky in person is formative. And it not just shapes the dreams that these girls have. It lays out the road. It lays out the path that they can take. And when you can ask a woman, how did you do this? What did you major in in college? And were you faced with, stereotypes that you had to get past were you faced with bigotry and the women answer candidly, I think there's there's almost nothing more instructive for a young girl looking at potential careers.
1: I agree. Uh, yeah. And kind of in line with that, could you talk more specifically about the importance of the historic election of Kamala Harris, um, the, uh, who's the first woman and woman of color uh,
2: vice president? I think it's, I mean, I think it's tremendous. We've all seen the pictures on social media of young girls standing in front of the television looking and identifying. Um, and, and honestly, I'm thrilled across the board with the progress that women made in yeah. politics. Kamala Harris is, you know, such a role model and the way she's speaking directly to girls, I think is historic. I think, and you know, young boys too. The mm-hmm. impact that she is making for young people to say, you know, step through that glass in your sneakers, by the way, how much do I love that she wears sneakers everywhere? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's so great. But, you know, 26% of the Senate is women You know, currently and 23% of the House is female and that number is gonna go up. You know, they're predicting, their data coming out of records is predicting that 141 women will serve in the 117th Congress. And that is so tremendous. It's a new record. And to see women assuming leadership roles, you know, where you have women like Nancy Pelosi, where you have women like Kamala Harris showing girls everywhere what is possible. And soon it's not gonna be such an issue. As she says, the first, but not the last. And I hope for every young leader, if you're a student council leader, if you are a local leader, you're volunteering, see this as a gateway.
0: Yeah, and thank you for making that point. That it's equally important for boys and men to to see the election of Kamala Harris, um, because of course there's so many outdated notions and stereotypes about what a leader looks like and sounds like. And most mostly, they're attributed. Those successful characteristics of a leader are attributed with white male characteristics. Um, and and specifically, the title for today's episode is "Dream with Ambition," which of course is a line that. Vice President Elect Kamala Harris used in a recent speech. Uh-huh. Can you talk about the double standard with women being perceived as too ambitious and/or any other you know outdated stereotypes that you see in your work at Efra? I,
2: I definitely see those those stereotypes. Um, I was very fortunate to work in a firm that did not abide by those stereotypes at all. Ambition was valued, and you know, dreaming big and working hard was just simply the norm there. So I personally didn't experience that, but I know for a fact that there is a double standard and the more we can do to eradicate that, the better we'll be. The idea that you have to work twice as hard to be considered half as good, I hope is outdated. Um, I know that girls feel it. Certainly the girls that we see now graduating high school and moving on to college, our Etra campus girls, are seeing some of that for the first time, first internships, first jobs, And they're aware that they might be the only girl in the room to me i always felt like it was an advantage i think if you find yourself being the only girl in the room the only woman in the room whether it's a classroom or a boardroom you will be heard if you stand out use that as an opportunity to be heard raise your hand and if you're there with 30 guys in dark suits and you're the only woman you will have the floor so be prepared and do your homework and and add value to the room. But where some might see it as a disadvantage, hopefully, preparation and hard work and all the ambition and conviction that Kamala Harris is talking about will let you raise your hand in your voice. And that's ultimately what you want.
0: Right. And just extending on that, you, you said already that, you know, Kamala is the first, but she won't be the last. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that is the um, importance of women like Kamala kind of then paying it forward to the next generation. And, and I know you, I've heard you talk about this with Etra about the importance of women executives saving seats for young, younger women to follow in their footsteps. And can you just talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you see that happening? Do you see it happening enough today? Um, and and w- what more do we need to do to, to make sure that the, the next generation behind us has
2: even more opportunity than, than we did? we've been so excited that companies really do seem to be getting it. Not one company has said no. When we've reached out, the companies we approach um, are selected by the girls. So I'm not taking girls into companies where they don't want to visit or they don't use the product or are aware of the platform already. So these are their companies where the girls are already a little invested, but no one has said no. And I think it's because the women in leadership positions remember what it's like to be the age of these girls. They remember what it's like to stand in those high tops and answer the question in their head because they don't want to say it out loud and let someone else answer it instead. We've all been there and we've all seen our girls do that or think about doing that. And I think the women can easily put themselves in their shoes and they want to bring them forward. So, you know, women are really eager, I think. To bring girls in and show them what they do and talk about how they got there and even the men in leadership roles too, recognize that a successful boardroom is a diverse boardroom and they want more women they want more women of color they want women of different ages in the room to add to that diversity of thought um you know you look at a place like goldman sachs that doesn't want to bring a company public now unless there's diversity on their board more and more companies are recognizing that this makes sense I think what we're doing is a little different because we're starting so early. Maybe the companies didn't picture a 12-year-old being in the boardroom, but I think we define what we see as a leader early. Boys and girls think about leadership and they form those views early. So if we can catch girls early and say, this is a leader, and this is what leadership in a boardroom looks like, it'll translate to the classroom. And I think companies are seeing it more and more, the benefit of doing this and forming these pipelines.
1: That's so true. And I mean, the work you're doing is so important. It's making such a difference. Um, One look at your website and Instagram shows that another aspect of what you do, um, you're a master of networking. It's something that I personally struggle with and I know many of my peers do too. It's just, it's so hard to put yourself out there, especially right now during the pandemic. So could you give us like a networking
2: one-on-one or some tips that you have? Gotcha, It's such a good question. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think a pandemic is an ideal time to do it. Um, I think everyone is tied to their laptop right now. Everyone is on their phone. You have their attention. No one's traveling. No one's running from meeting to meeting. So you have a captive audience. I think the key... I'm a big believer in simply asking questions. I'm a very curious person by nature. Help me understand what you do. Tell me what your day is like. Asking questions like that I think is key and then listening really intently and networking is then all about putting that information out there to help the next person who has that question. So if there's, let's say a woman and you wanna know more about her firm or her career, I think reaching out on social media, I think people seem to answer their DMs you know, in person, maybe a team or staff isn't doing that as opposed to email. If you're on LinkedIn, messaging is a great way to do it and simply asking questions. I'm interested in this. You're not asking them to go out to lunch. You're saying, could I ask you two questions by email? Would it be okay if I direct messaged you one question? I'm interested in this. Tell them your age, tell them what, you know, resonates with you about what that person does. I don't think anyone's gonna say no to answering a question coming from a young motivated person. I'd keep the ask light. You're not gonna share their email address. You're not gonna abuse it. But networking is simply reaching out to people who are expert in the thing that you want to get better at and a well-crafted brief question. I think if it's email, the subject line is everything, you know, tell them what you're looking for. Don't write paragraphs and paragraphs, but I've had a lot of luck. And I think other, the Etra girls have as well, reaching out on social media, DMing someone on Instagram and saying, I've got a very quick question. Would you be willing to answer it? I think you'll be surprised at the number of people that will say yes. And then you have to be really good about connecting when someone says, Hey, I saw you know this person. Would you be willing to connect me? If it's at all within your purview to do it, be generous with your contacts and connect them too.
0: That's great That's advice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you, Alana. I think that right now during a pandemic is a good time to network. Yeah. I was a silver lining. Yeah. And like on LinkedIn, I've had great success messaging people. Um, common interests. And I I think everyone wants to help if they can, if they, they, you know, they're not
2: the right person, they'll tell you and say, you know what, I'm not the right person, but I know who is right. I can three people, use my name, ask them, reach back out to me if they don't connect. You know, I do that all the time. And I think right now everyone wants to be helpful somehow. And we feel so stymied in so many ways that we can't get out there and do it in person that people will extend themselves whenever possible to help you.
0: So other than networking, what are you seeing the biggest challenge with young women today in during the pandemic? And what's your advice to overcome whatever that challenge is?
2: My heart is definitely going out to all of my high school girls right now because a lot of what when I see, the smile of recognition, I, um, because a lot of what you've been working towards or have been promised is now just sort of going up in smoke, right? That fall soccer season, the winter drama the spring yearbook, a lot of this is simply evaporating. And these are ways that girls have you know, been anticipating to differentiate themselves, to, to make their mark. And it's frustrating and I feel that. And I think the way to go with that is to pivot and do it virtually and get a little creative about it. We've had a lot of luck with virtual internships where a girl will say, you know, I, w- I thought I was gonna do the yearbook and I was so interested in this, but maybe there's an online magazine where their writing or their photography can be published and you're just gonna do it virtually. Or maybe there's a magazine that's looking for social media help and you can become a digital intern and you can indulge those interests in a different way. There has to be some springboard moving away from the things you thought you were doing at school and maybe doing them on a slightly bigger, if virtual stage. And it's hard, it's hard to imagine. You pictured your sophomore or junior year in a very particular way And my advice really is to think way outside the box. And there are virtual internships, they will probably be unpaid, but because they're virtual, you can probably handle more than one of them at a time. Places need help right now. And they might not be working in the office, but go virtual with your your interests. And I think internships.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's great advice. I know. Oh, by the way, you you can be developing resilience through all that what right. you just said because yeah. um, this is an unprecedented time in history, and it's it's tough, and there are a lot of disappointments. But you know, we can all pick ourselves up and and you know, improvise and get creative to the best of our abilities. So. And the
2: colleges know this too. For any of the girls who are you know about to apply to colleges or in the process. Um, Harvard and you know several hundred other schools signed on to a really great report, which was a sequel to their, um, I think it was the Common Core uh, report, talking about COVID and what they actually expect from applicants. And basically it was take a deep breath and relax, because we understand, we know that these extracurriculars are not there anymore. And we understand that school has been completely upended. And it is a very reassuring report for any high schoolers listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I do love that positive take on all the craziness going on right now. So we like to end our um, podcast with uh, three questions, to fun questions to get you to know you better. We call them our okay. three wise women
0: questions. Okay. Um, so do you want to start? Sure. So our first one is, Alana, if you can share a favorite Netflix or current obsession during quarantine right
2: now. Oh, I'm right with you with The Queen's Gambit. Uh, I haven't finished it. I'm still in the middle. But The Queen's Gambit, for sure. Um, I blazed through The Crown. I mean, that that just gets better and better. Um, I would say both of those. Um, I just got um, President Obama's memoirs uh, that just, just came out. And so I'm starting that. And it's you know like reading poetry in history. Um so I, yeah, a lot of Netflix, a lot of reading, a lot of cooking. So much cooking, <laughs> which is a, which is a joy, so that's good.
1: And who inspires you as a change maker today?
2: That's a good question. You know, I think I'm not saying this simply because I work with girls all the time, but I find change makers, you know, on the younger side. You know, you're talking about Malala and Greta Thunberg and Naomi Wadler and you know, Mari Copney, girls who are really changing their communities and by extension, the world, I find them so inspiring. Um, and, and I love the way that they are inspiring other young people to just jump in and be active. And with the advent of social media, they really can use those powers for good and make change. But I'm really inspired by the, by the young change makers right now.
0: Mm, I agree with you. And last question: who do you consider to be the greatest leader of all time, either living or historical? Oh.
2: Um, I mean, you could think forever about that. You know, you think Eleanor Roosevelt, you mm-hmm. think Justice Ginsburg, you think Michelle Obama. These are leaders who stepped out of what was expected of them and made change simply by doing what was natural to them. You know, they weren't necessarily diving in and stirring things up for the sake of unrest. They changed the world around them by leaning into what came naturally to them. And I think that makes tremendous leadership. But I will say, you know, for anyone who's listening, I think the the next greatest leaders are out there. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we're talking to them right now. You know, the greatest leaders show us what's possible. They get in and they fight the hard fights, and then they clear the path for the next generation of rising leaders. And so I think, I think the greatest leaders are, are out there, hopefully listening to your podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: Love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. You truly are amazing. And all the work that you're doing is incredible. Creating a space for girls to really get role models is um, truly outstanding. Um, And hey, to our listeners, can we ask a favor? If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend.
0: And in closing, I'm Sherry. And I'm Olivia. And we hope that you feel more confident after today's episode. So this week's challenge is to dream with ambition. And here's an idea. How about assembling a vision board over the holidays? Post positive affirmations and illustrations of goals you will achieve.